Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of the BJJ Foxcast. I'm your host, Alex Martinez. And today I am super excited to have a good friend of mine on the show, Leslie Nava. Leslie is co-owner of Aries Arizona Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. She is also the fitness coach at Aries Arizona Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. She's, uh, uh, I, I don't know where to start. She is a mother. She is a uh, an amazing person. And Leslie, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm happy to be here. So Leslie, um... I want to get right into it, but you know, there's, there's a lot of things, there's a lot of things to unwrap here, but let's just talk about your relationship with, uh, with Paul, as far as the Academy goes, like, what was it? I, I, I know having conversations with Paul, he was telling me that it was his goal to open an Academy one day when he started jujitsu, how early on in his jujitsu life was that? Um, well, he might have a different timeline, but I would say probably about halfway in um, he would go train. He would tell me, oh, I'm going, I'm, I'd be like, stay home. Yeah. I, you know, we got, <laughs> we got toddlers. Yeah. Don't leave me here. And yeah. he would tell me, I'm going to school. I'm mm. going to school. I'm, and I, I would be like, yeah, right. I'm going to school. <laughs> but no, he was, he would insist mm. like one day yeah. I'm going to teach. One day I'm going to have my own business. I mean, wow. he really did from an early on, he was um, I mean, I get goosebumps because he was so dedicated yeah. to what the future was going to be for uh, BJJ with him that wow. I, I was just like, okay, I've got to let go. Yeah. Yeah. And what was he doing at the time? We're, we're kind of, we're kind of giving Paul secrets right now. He's going to go crazy right now. <laughs> You're doing as in? Like a, what, his, his day job. What was his day job? So at that time, let's see. Um, gosh. Uh, I want to say my, my brain is. He worked in um, like the Whole Foods type of stores. Oh, okay. For as manager, yeah. for a while because that's actually his background is um, store management. Gotcha. So he was either working in Whole Foods or um, he did Henry's mm-hmm. and some of you know some of those more specialty type stores. So he, I think that's what he was doing at the yeah. time. Yeah. Were you guys in Arizona or in California at we the time? We were here in Arizona. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Did you guys meet in Arizona? We did. We oh. met actually down the street from the school. No way. Yeah, it's a Safeway. <laughs> like, Right down the street. Was he totally creeping on you at the Safeway? Following you, know, you to the... <laughs> he was. It was. It was the best because he was. He's such a charming person, yeah. and he's legit genuine when mm-hmm. it comes to like. He would walk me out. It'd be midnight, and he walked me out just to make uh, sure. Yeah, I got to my car safe, and he would do that for anybody. Yeah, but we would just end up talking forever. Yeah, and then um, actually uh, the Amish furniture store by our school. Yeah, used to be in iMasters. And I was an optician there, and as well as Safeway. Yeah. So I was actually working at iMasters when he called and asked me out on a date. I was at work. <laughs> the very first date. The first date we had. Wow. And our business just so happened to, to you be, know, in the same... be in the same complex. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty cool. That's yeah. pretty cool. So um, so he's talking about going to school yes. while he's going to. Yeah. So he took it very seriously from a very early time. Yeah. I was a hundred percenter. When he decides to do something, he's like all in. And yeah. that's um how he's always felt about jujitsu. Yeah, yeah. And what was what do you think it was like early on about jujitsu that kind of I don't know, I don't want to say fill the void in his life because he has a very, very good life. He has he has, you know, you guys are you guys are an amazing couple, you have a great family. But what was it about jujitsu that just kind of grabbed him? What do you think that was? Well, I think um, for him, finding like a healthy outlet mm. has been, you know, like in the past has been hard. Mm. And um, so 
he was trying to find, you know, something to kind of help. We are, our kids were, you know, diagnosed with autism really young. Mm -hmm. And so that was about the time when he was really pushing, um, to train. And at the time, like I said, I was like, Oh, what's going on? Yeah. But, uh, as time went on, I started to understand, um, how therapeutic it was for him. And it was his way of dealing with at the time, which was kind of grief and some other things. So he, um, that really was, I think, what he was searching for was to kind of help heal and help him work through yeah. what was going on in our home. So. Yeah, and and um, I don't know, I don't know how much of this he he shares with you, but um, you know, when whenever you know, because we did some late nights at the academy, right, when you're home with the kids and yeah, doing, yeah. doing you know during your thing, yeah. but he he would share some sometimes he would share some things that he was going through, mm-hmm. and he wouldn't go into detail as to what he was going through, yeah. but he would go into detail as to how the mats help him cope. And, and I think, you know, having your support and allowing him, you know, allowing him, right. But you know what I mean? Uh, You know, allowing him to be there with his extended family and, and, and there's just something about, and you know, this, you know, this better than anybody because you, you make people suffer every day in your, (laughs) in your strength and conditioning stuff. But there's something about struggling as a family, as a team that really brings you together and helps you deal with grief. Yeah. It helps you bond, right? Yeah. yeah. For sure. Yeah. No, and I like there's just not enough time to go over how throughout the years how often that happened. Mm. You know, yeah. just that extended family. Like I it's just hard to even like bring it all, yeah. you know, out yeah. because there's just so many instances. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, I'll give you a, a quick example. Um um Jeremy, Jeremy Spitzer. Yeah. Um, I remember, I think maybe I was a blue belt, something like that. Maybe like, I don't know, maybe a white belt, but we had, Amy and I had just pretty recently had purchased this house mm-hmm. and the curb appeal was zero because there were trees everywhere. There were bushes everywhere. It was a disaster. So we started tearing the entire yard up. I mean, everything tearing out bushes and stuff. I had nowhere to put it. I put it all in the backyard where nobody could see it. <laughs> so finally, when it dried up and became a fire hazard, I thought I got to get rid of this stuff, right? Because I was going to trim trees and stuff like that. I was doing everything on my own. So I, I kind of put it out there on our Facebook group. And I, I don't know why I did. I just put it on a Facebook group. Hey, I need, if anybody has a trailer, uh-huh. this would be an awesome, it would be a help if I could use it. And Jeremy DM me and he says, Hey, I've got a trailer. But the, uh, I think the tag was expired and the wheels were flat. Oh, no. But two days later, he had taken care of the tags and got the wheels fixed. And he brought it over oh. to the academy so I could pick it up. And then I picked it up. It was just parked there. He's I'm just going to leave it at the academy parking lot. You grab it. So I did. And I used it for a few days. And then yeah. I brought it back to the academy parking lot. And he took it home. Now, that that's a small example. Yeah. No, but Jeremy, like, little shout out, Jeremy is that guy. Like, yeah. He really, he did that for us, too. Did he? <laughs> We're like, um, you know, putting on the group, can we have help? And Jeremy's like, yeah, I'll I'm be there. there. And yeah. we're like, wow. So, yeah. But so many people like that. Yeah. And that's that's the difference between, you know, some relationships where, I mean, you're friends, but you're like, eh. But, you know, jujitsu family is really like. I don't think I've talked to Jeremy, but maybe twice in the past two years. <laughs> but we just kind of pick up where we left right, off. You know what right. I mean? That's pretty much everybody. Yeah. Like last night I had, uh, remember Kavika? Yeah. Kavika came into the academy just out of the blue. Aww. And we just started talking kind of like we picked up right where the last conversation yeah. left off. And then sure. we just caught up. And yeah. I started jujitsu the same week he did. Oh, wow. So it was me, Marcos, mm-hmm. Marcos Day. Yeah. And it was uh, Brendan Colonel. And it was Kavika. The yeah. four of us started jiu-jitsu the same week. Wow. Yeah. 
Yeah, and and Paul got mad at us once because Paul was really big on <laughs> Paul was really big on white belts don't travel for tournaments, but we signed up for the Vegas Open anyway. Oh my! And God. even though he said not to, and then um and then we all won gold medals, the ah. four of us. So I got a podium with the four of us on That's the awesome. yeah, a picture on the four of us on the podium with where they're gold. So I love it. I hope I, I like to think that we changed the uh, Paul's policy. <laughs> Maybe you did. <laughs> I, I, I feel uh, like there was a lot more people traveling after yeah, that. So yeah, yeah, certainly could have been. Yeah. <laughs> so so um. So tell me about how you got involved with um, with the strength and conditioning piece because, um, I mean, I, this is going to be like I'm barely peeling the onion. There's a lot of layers to this, yes. right? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yes. So sure. why don't we go back and, and, and talk about, um, you know, there's some defining moments in life, sure. right? Mm-hmm. And you, you, you were – gracious enough to 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 share with me um your your story with your with your brother i believe mm-hmm. and i and i really yeah. believe that that's kind of where it starts and i'd like to start with that if you want to elaborate sure. on that yeah yeah definitely um so my brother uh he was actually diagnosed with the disease that i have when he was um really little i i'm going to gauge it was around five years old. And what, what, what is that disease? So I have a disorder called neurofibromatosis type two. Mm-hmm. So you have type one, which is more common lesions on the skin and mm. type two um, is a little more invasive. So uh, he started having symptoms about the same time my mom did. They, mm. they both ended up being diagnosed with it. At the same time? Yeah. Around, around the, the same, same time? time. Wow. They didn't, um, I might have my timeline off a little, but they did not know um, at the time that there was a genetic disorder, you know, that was starting with my mom Mm -hmm. and it ended up um, kind of uh, causing some facial palsy on my mom and hearing loss. And um, my brother started having issues as well. So at that time, things were really archaic, for mm. lack of a better word, in yeah. terms of diagnosing. So they didn't um, have all of the answers right up front. Yeah. So ultimately, they did find out that it was NF2, um, which is short for neurofibromatosis type 2. So mm-hmm. they found out. And um, my brother had a large uh, tumor in his brain. I know he had one on his brain stem. And then... My mom also had uh, brain tumors as well. So. Yeah, so so kind of explain what the disease does because the tumors are. are I mean, that's that's really important. But yes. how do they develop, and what is it that the that the disease does yeah. to bre- breed? I guess grow those. Yeah. So it's it's basically um, if I can explain it right. Yeah, it's there's okay. There's a gene. Um, there's a copy of the gene that um, mutates, and it. <clears throat> Uh, causes tumors to grow throughout the body, brain, spine. Um, it's called the NF2 gene. Mm-hmm. So um, it the, uh, it will start with somebody. It can be spontaneous, um, but in our case, it started with my mom. Mm. Um, but it you can have tumor growth. There's no control. There's no cure. So we basically... Um, treat them like trying to remove them, radiation, you know. Um, Some chemotherapy maybe? Like in my yeah. son's yeah. case, chemotherapy. Um, so it's it, it's always a game of trying to stay ahead of it yeah. um, because they invade the nerves. So mm-hmm. whatever nerve they invade, 
whatever function that nerve goes to starts to uh, deteriorate. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's, um, we almost always, NF2, the hallmark tumors are on the hearing nerves. Why is that? You know, I'm not really sure. I couldn't answer that as to why, Mm -hmm. uh, but it is, if you have an NF2, uh, somebody diagnosed with NF2, it is, uh, as far as I know, I don't know anybody that has not had them. They're called acoustic neuromas, Mm -hmm. and they ultimately invade the hearing nerve and then um, destroy the hearing but they also, uh, the facial nerve is right next to the hearing nerve. Mm. So uh, balance nerves. So yeah. it starts to destroy um, all of those things. Wow. Um, so when they do take them out, uh, they also sever your balance nerves. And in my case, that was you know something I went through years ago was having my balance nerve severed. Wow. Those don't reconnect. So. Whoa. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so your brother was diagnosed, and he had he had a brain he had a tumor in his brain, a tumor in his. Do you say is is a spine? So he had a, a brain stem, brain stem. a tumor on his brain stem. Gotcha. So okay. um, he okay. he really uh, for a long time, um, my parents, you know, they sought out treatment for him. He was in a place with the tumors where they had grown a lot already because nobody knew you know that they had it so yeah. there wasn't any previous monitoring yeah yeah and well, but I, I don't mean to interrupt you but sure. just so just so people understand yeah. how rare is this disease so nf1 is more common yeah nf2 is considered to be a more rare type um it is not um i think I want to say one in 300,000, if I had to guess. Pretty rare. Yeah, so it is. It is. Yeah, and and, and I know people are like saying, shut up, let her talk. So I apologize. But I need to, I think I I needed to, 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 I think people need to understand that the the reason there were no protocols in place is it's it's probably, they probably never saw it before. Exactly. They they didn't know, um, you know, back when my mom was diagnosed, they didn't have, um, you know, they didn't understand anything about NF2 gene yeah. and the mutation. And yeah. like, that was all very foreign. So they might, they can identify brain tumors and things like that. But even still, it's like, how do they treat those? Yeah. You know, how do you go take them out and then damage everything? Mm. It, you know, they don't, they're not aggressive like that anymore. Mm. They're very, with our disease, they're very careful yeah. about the treatment. Yeah. Um, but in my brother's case, he was just so, um, his condition, you know, was, was worsening. And he also had special needs um, because, you know, most likely because of his development li- with the disease mm-hmm. and his development cognitively. And um, so he, he functioned at a younger level, but he was amazing. Like his spirit to ah, live life, you know. Stand by. I'm going to start crying. (laughs) I can't help it. I'm on the verge of tears all the time. I know I have Kleenex here somewhere. You should just keep them near. Yeah, I'm just going to keep them. Sorry, keep talking, keep talking. I'm not going to edit that out either. (laughs) Sorry. Well, and I'm like, I'm not, like I used to cry so much and I don't cry as much anymore. Yeah. There's just a lot more strength behind my words. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with crying. Yeah. Crying is... Is good and healing. Yeah. Um, but for some reason, when I go there with my brother, I always 
um, I don't go there a lot because it hurts um, because of the circumstances of yeah. his life. And he, um, I, you know, he was 14 when he passed and I was 11. So I remember the, he was, he would joke so much. He would tell jokes. And it's like, how do you, you know, looking back, I'm like, how did he have that spirit? Because I know the condition his body was in at that point. Yeah. And then as I learned more about what was happening at school, you know, he was being um, bullied by other kids for being different. He yeah. had facial palsy um, because of the tumors. So he he didn't have... I think so much of that understanding of how mean they were being. Yeah. And I think just his love to, you know, be alive and just be who he was yeah. was more important. Yeah. Um, he, I think, had a really good friend um, in school. and But one day he came home and told my mom that even he had made fun of him that mm. day. And so I just worry... You know, looking back, I have to put make peace with it, but I just worry, you know, was he so alone, you know, when he was in school, when he was facing, um, you know, the suffering and the stuff that he had to deal with. Yeah. Um, and he, uh, I, I did share with you, ultimately, um, we were in school one day, right? Um, the schools were attached. It was a junior high and an elementary school attached. So I was down the hall and... Um, my, uh, the principal came and got me and my dad was in the office and I can remember it like it was yesterday. And I just remember how broken he looked. Yeah. And, um, I went out to the car with him at the time. Our, I think it was our pastor of the church we attended. And he said that Brian had passed away. Um, and he passed away in the cafeteria bathroom oh. of the school that he was attending. Uh, he, he just went in the bathroom and he sat down and he just closed his eyes. Um, they said that he didn't feel pain, that he just closed his eyes. So that's it's hard to share because it's just painful to think about. Yeah. But <clears throat> everything takes purpose um, yeah. in my life. The pain is always going to have to go somewhere. And so with that and losing Brian and losing him that way, knowing those kids saw him, you know, leave that way. I know mm. they were impacted. Yeah. And I believe that in my heart, I believe that that helped change them. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. And it also helped me to decide how I was going to approach people in life, yeah. you know, and, and life itself. And then, of course, subsequently, all the things that happened have been a part of that yeah. uh, journey. Yeah. And, and, you know, talk about <clears throat> giving your, giving you some perspective, no matter what, no matter what's happening, you know what I mean? And, yeah. and finding a way to, to honor Brian, you know, and everything that you do, that's really cool. That's really cool. And yeah. I mean, you, you've got, um, it, it's, it's nothing that any, I would wish on anybody, but I mean, if there's anyone that can, that can, um, make something good out of it, I think it's you. So Thanks. that's, yeah. that's awesome. So, so along, along the lines of, um, you know, honoring, honoring Brian, how, how do you, how, what, how do you think you, your, your life has been 
molded and shaped by that by that event. Do you think do you think you 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 think of life differently? I mean, oh, you were young. You were 11. Yeah, definitely. What did that, what did that do? Like, how did that... <clears throat> yeah. Excuse me. No, that's okay. That's okay. Yeah. Um. Well, it it definitely made me have such a sensitive heart for people either disabled, mm. um, dis, you know, any type of um, disability yeah. or special needs. Yeah. Uh, there was just kind of um, a... You know, it just, it was on my heart to, you know, do something or be there. And ultimately, it, I did that as a job for a while as a paraprofessional. I worked oh, with cool. special needs kids for, okay. for years. So, um, but it just, it's just kind of inspired me um, the way I treat people. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I can see that. Um, I, I never knew. I never knew about your brother until, you know, we would, you know. You, you shared that, but yeah, I can see that in you. I can see how, how that would, um, I can, I can see that spirit in you. Like you're always, um, you always see the positive and, 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 you know, really tough yeah, things. I, I think yeah. that's something that helps Paul a lot because, uh, Paul can be, Paul is a very, um, emotional guy. Yes. Right. And I think you're that stabilizing force behind the emotion. Yeah. I think. Well, if he, like he's, um, he's got so much on his plate. Yeah. So he has like. You know, I, I stop and think about it every now and then because he feels the, what I think any good husband, father would feel. And he feels very heavy with how to keep his family going. Like yeah. How to keep us, for lack of a better word, alive. Yeah. Because, um, you know, our son's on chemo and our daughter also, you know, we all have brain tumors right now, the wow. three of us. So wow. <clears throat> there's such a heavy responsibility yeah. for him yeah. to carry and so that that is something you know being who i am i i hope it helps i believe it helps yeah you know i'm, I'm trust me trust me it helps <laughs> trust me right. yeah uh, believe it me it would be the off edges. the rails <laughs> i love him but it would, i love you paul <laughs> You know what I mean. I'm not going to go into detail, right. but no, you are definitely you are definitely uh, that that you know that person in his life that you're really the. I mean, to to say that you're his rock is is an understatement. So it's really cool. Like, just the dynamic that you two have is yeah. like it, it it's it's inspiring for a lot of people. Um, I think that a lot of people look at your and Paul Paul's relationship and they're like, okay, so that's what a relationship should look like. Right. Uh -huh. So I think that's really good, yeah. you know, and, and, and I try to emulate that in my life, you know, with my wife, with Amy and stuff like that. And, you know, like we were talking about earlier, she's super supportive to the point where I'm like, are you crazy? Don't let me do that. <laughs> like, say no. Say no. Like, but, <laughs> um, but you know, sometimes we just, you know, um, sometimes it's good to have somebody to just to say, Hey, you know, give, give it a shot. See what, see yeah. what happens. You right. know, I believe in you, you know, that yeah, means a lot. I think we do that for each other. Um, I do encourage him a lot. Like he's like, I'm going to do this. And I'm like, uh, don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. Bad call. <laughs> and then when he does it, we're both looking back and we're like, whoo. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, and, but he is also my inspiration. Yeah. That, um, when I am feeling loaded down, like, you know, taking on jujitsu and taking on, you know, all the stuff I'm taking on when I see him broken mm. like physically and he's mm. still moving forward. Mm. Um, that helps me now yeah. with my um, fitness journey Yeah, to just be like, wow. 
I'm going to keep going. Yeah. Yeah. You know, one thing I always admired, and I actually talked about this in the very first podcast, some of the lessons I learned from Paul, because I really believe like when I, when I talk about the, uh, Aries, Arizona, when I talk about your Academy, I always say I grew up there. <laughs> I did too. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, I tell people this is where I grew up yeah. because I, and I started when I was 40. Okay. So yeah. this is like a grown old person for in jujitsu years. Right. right? But th- I always say this is where I grew up. And, yeah. and I remember some of the life lessons I learned there, are, there, there's a lot of them, but one of the lessons I learned was to not have an excuse because Paul, I think there was a time when, I, I, I mean, this is going back 10 years, but there was a time when the kids were traveling, you and the kids were traveling to the East coast to get treatment because yeah. the, the, the disease is so rare. Like they were, yeah. you were getting flown out and you know, they were doing like, <clears throat> I don't know. Study. Yeah. Study. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And I remember it was right around Marchish. And the reason I remember that is because we were trained for pans Mm -hmm. and then Paul would come back a week before pans. Yeah. And then we were just like, he would just destroy us. Like he would just go 130%. And then he'd go to pans and win. Yeah. Like who does that? No, you know. Who uh, does that? Side note, when Allie was having a brain surgery, um, she had her surgery. She was in the hospital and he had signed up for pans. Mm. Um. And I don't know if it was like, we didn't think about the timing of it all, but um, I told him, he's like, I'm not going to go. Obviously, I'm not going to go. And I said, no, I want you to go. Mm. Like, this is legit. Right before surgery, I knew we would still be in the hospital. Um, And then when it came time, like after surgery, he was like, I'm not going. I'll stay. And I said, no, I want you to go. Um, Allie was in, you know, St. Joseph's Hospital. Excuse me. One day after surgery and he went and he took gold and he, I remember him coming home from the trip and Allie was sleeping and he came in with his gold medal and he kissed her on the head and he said, it's for you. And it's like, you know, some people who don't (laughs) do jujitsu might be like, well, why would you do that? Why would you? But those of us that do jujitsu are in that community. We get it. Mm -hmm. Like we, they're, they're, I wanted him to do what would make him better, be a better father and husband wow. for us, and um, it was it was just great. So yeah. those, you know, it's stuff like that. that yeah. just is what this is all about. Yeah, you know? yeah, and and there's things that he gets mad at me about. Um, things like uh, talking to my opponents before before we go before we compete. He hates that, <laughs> but he turns into a different animal. Right. Yeah. He turns into a different animal when he's about yeah. to jump on the competition mats. Yeah. And I remember he would tell me, like, even if he's not listening to music, he'll throw his headphones on because yeah. he just wants to be left alone. And he is a he didn't, he didn't even acknowledge us. Right. Like he is just in the zone. Yeah. And I think a lot of it has to do with like the sacrifices that you guys are making yeah. so that he could be there. For sure. Right. And that's that's how serious it is yeah. to him. And I think that's what really pushes him past that little point of I'm um, exhaustion, yeah. right? To give that little extra yeah. and get that win. So Well, and we have like a we have a kind of a tradition like when he's about to get on the mats, I start messaging him. And I start reminding him, you know, what what is our purpose? Why why does this help us? What mm-hmm. is why does this matter? Yeah. Like, um I send him bible verses. I you know, I I send him things that I know encourage him inspire him but not in a mushy kind of way but in a way that says i'm an overcomer Mm -hmm. you know i'm everything i do even if i'm competing you know this is something that i'm going to learn and grow from yep this whether i win or lose 
I'm going to have fire to face the next thing and the next yeah. thing because we're not all we're not going to win all the time. Right. And um, and and in life we're on the mat. Yeah. So it's always a journey of uh, staying inspired in the wins and the losses. Yeah. So yeah, for sure. I think that's really special. I think that's something that's overlooked by a lot of people. Um, you know, I, I think I think support uh-huh. is viewed in many different ways, right? Yeah. I think some support is viewed in in I allow him to go. Yeah. That's called support, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's I think that's support at one level, Absolutely. right? That's at one level. Absolutely. But when you're yeah. saying, "Hey, go," and then you're sending messages yeah. and you're giving messages of encouragement yeah. and of strength, I think that's the next level, right? That's yeah. another level of encourage yeah. of, of support. Um, yeah, that's that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, so I want to circle back a little bit because sure. we kind of glossed over uh, one point that I think is very important. Sure. Um, so your mom has NF two. You have NF2. Yes. And both your kids have yes. NF2. How rare is it that it's passed along so it th- is, three generations? It's because um, the, the copy of the gene that uh, mutates. Um, pull, pull the mic just a little bit. Closer. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, there I'm you go. Back. <laughs> That's all right. I'm, I'm moving away. <laughs> um, yeah, so it actually um, is 50-50. Because 50% those genes chance. are passed down. So it's a 50-50 chance that you're going to get the normal gene, mm. copy of the normal gene, or you're going to get a copy of the uh, NF2 gene. Wow. So it, but you know what? It's crazy. It's like, yes, it's 50-50, but all of my siblings, all of our kids, everybody got, you know. Wow. One one of my, my sister's kids, uh, did not have it. Wow. So there's seven of us, you know. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And and how early on were, were the, okay, so you you had mentioned that the kids had, are, were diagnosed with autism. At age, for respectively ages three. Ages like, three. Yeah. Okay. And then um, how far apart are Allie and? Uh, They're only 14 months apart. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, so, um. So the kids got diagnosed with with uh, autism, and then was it shortly after that you found out about the NF two? No, actually, it was. Um, they were thirteen and fourteen. Whoa! So I know. Okay. Yeah, and okay. it's crazy because they were diagnosed with autism like a year apart. Mm-hmm. You know, and then it was the same with the disorder with wow. NF two. They were diagnosed just months apart. Wow! So it was like just this extremely. Heavy, you know, looking back, I thank God that I did not have autism, like diagnosis of autism, and then boom, all of these things. Because just the dealing with the autism alone, I mean, shout out to all the parents that are dealing, loving, and growing with their special needs kids. Yeah. It's a journey. Yeah. It takes so much of you to. Yeah. And, and, and I'm, 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 I'm pretty, I'm pretty, um, ill, Ill, Ill advised with, uh, you know, like the, 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 the cause people talk about as a spectrum. Yeah. I don't even know what that means. I, I know they, I know they kind of mean that, but right. I never ask, is yeah. it okay to ask? Like, oh, what, yeah. what, what does it mean to yeah. be on a spectrum? Well, I, you know, there are different severities mm-hmm. of autism. Okay. You have high functioning. They used to use the word, um, Asperger's, which I don't think they do anymore. I don't, I've never, I, I um, haven't heard that used yeah. like by a medical professional. Yeah. It's usually on the spectrum. Yeah. So, um, there's definitely different severities of it. Um, my kids are high functioning mm-hmm. and I, mm-hmm. it's most like, it's, I think 
those of us that are parents of special needs kids, um, having questions asked is so it makes us feel good because oh, okay. Okay. you know often when people just you know you feel like you're being judged. Yeah, you feel like you're being you know um, looked at as an alien sometimes mm. because you're you're taking on something that maybe they're not. Yeah. And so questions make you feel like people care. Yeah. And so yeah. I think it's always good to ask questions. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, so high functioning, what would, I, 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 I don't know how comfortable I am asking these questions, yeah, but what no, would, what would, what would a low functioning uh, person, and that's, that's considered the spectrum low to high. Um, yeah. I mean, you, so I have, um, because I worked with kids with autism, I definitely worked with kids that had more severe, you know, um, struggles with autism and they mm. were nonverbal, mm. um, a lot of stimming behavior, maybe clapping their hands or, gotcha. Gotcha. um, just kind of, um, really hard to draw in. Yeah. You know, they were very kind of very it within themselves. Okay. Um, kind of like their own little world. Like yes. this is okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, trying to, uh, it's like you're working so hard to draw them out and to help them, you know, to, find communication and um that some kids are able to progress Mm. and you know can have verbal skills and you know start to do some different things but there are kids that really stay within that severe range and are in such a challenge you know that it's a very hard place to be for for them and their parents yeah and is that something that um is that, are these kids going to be like with their parents, like for their lifetime or is there a way to like to get them to a point where they're like self-sufficient? I, I don't know so, how that works. You know, they, they're, if you have a child with a more severe form of autism, yes, they're likely you're parenting them for life. Yeah. Like you're, um, you're going to parent them until you, you pass, you know, mm-hmm. but, mm-hmm. um, when you have kids that are learning uh, able to, you know, retain the, and the, the different, uh, therapies that they're going through, they can, uh, become more verbal, uh, more cognitively, um, where they should be. There's definitely going to be more opportunity okay. for okay. Li- like in my case. So we have Allie, my daughter, who's 23. Yeah. She's so high functioning, independent yeah. and a firecracker. Yeah. She's awesome. <laughs> she- yeah. <laughs> she is she makes me want to do more you yeah. know like uh with the way she is she's so outgoing so she's in the process of potentially moving out and that what? like scares the heck out of us <laughs> we're like oh yeah. my gosh you know yeah. where do we begin we just want to follow her everywhere but <laughs> good luck with that yeah, yeah i'm sure she's not gonna yeah. but my son damien um will most likely always live with us mm. now what gives me hope is he is a strong kid. He's high functioning, um, and he's wants to learn. So I believe one day he might be in more of like a group setting, oh, like nice. a companion type setting. And I hope you know that's my goal for him is yeah. to have that independence. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, um, so they they're they're dealing with multiple things yes. at the same time. Yes. <clears throat> And I think like your, like your brother, I think they deal it, they deal with it way better than we do. Right. Oh my gosh. Yes. And you know what? Sometimes I think the autism is a godsend because 
for Damien, like this kid who has had some grueling surgeries. Yes. Like his first surgery was his tumor on his spine was the size of a grapefruit. Oh, my gosh. And he had that taken off and, like, just comes out, like, no biggie. You know, I mean, he was in pain. He had yeah. a lot of therapy. But he's like, what, you know, what, I got to... You know, when's my show coming on? You know, when's when's that Pokemon game it's, coming out it's or like, whatever? Yeah, it's like losing a kid and they were in the bathroom the whole time and they look at you like, what's everybody yes, looking at? Exactly. Yeah. I, I remember the neurosurgeon joking because he came in one day and he's like, when can I go swimming? And he's like, I have, he's like, I have, the majority of my patients are like, can I have more pain pills? Yeah. And he's like, when can I go swimming? Wow. I don't need any pain pills. Wow. And yeah. So, um, yeah. Yeah. That's like been the mentality. Yeah. It's like, he, it's not on his radar to adopt a suffering uh, mentality. That's awesome. Just, and that's another reason why my kids inspire me. Yeah. It's because I'm like, man, they are, they are really trying to live their best life. Yeah. And they're freaking like tumors and Damien goes to chemo every other week, but he loves going to chemo because he loves the nurses. <laughs> <laughs> they have been his like BFFs for seven years now that he's wow. been doing this. So he... I, I wanted to ask you that because when they first, when they first started getting treated, that had to be right around the time we met. Yeah, probably right yeah. around that time. Damien's been in this immunotherapy for seven years, seven years. Okay. So, um, so when we when we were when we met, they were going to a children's hospital. Uh, yes. So is he was he able to keep the same team through, he's throughout? He's the oldest kid at Phoenix. <laughs> I love it. Phoenix Children's Hospital Oncology Unit. I'm I not love kidding. it. He's twenty four. I... He's gonna be twenty five <laughs> next month, and he literally they're like still holding on to him. Only kid with a mustache. Yes. <laughs> Seriously, he's like in there with the mustache and he goes in and he's like, can I have some pirate booty and some Gatorade? I and love like, it. <laughs> every time they have a birthday, they know he loves fried chicken. Yeah. So they set up the chemo room with like KFC. I love it. They put one year, they put like horror movie posters everywhere. Because, <laughs> That's his thing. Yeah. That's his thing. And yeah. fried chicken. I'm like, he is, he is not going anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, um. So being on chemo for this long, how how does it how is his body how does his body recover yeah. from from that? So in the beginning, he had a little bit of some reaction. He had some mouth sores. Mm. He had some uh, he had fatigue a lot. He had some stomach issues, but you know they keep following your blood work. They yep. keep trying to, you know, make sure that you're on your levels where yep. you should be because otherwise then we got to start talking about. Um, I remember one time he had, uh, you know, it's a little bit of the reaction with his kidney that mm. we were keeping an eye on, but everything went back to normal. So um, he is, he's really adapted. And honestly, I wouldn't, I, I just couldn't imagine putting him through this. Like if he didn't, have such a positive attitude about it. Wow. Like he doesn't even have a port. He's been, you know, getting needled wow. for every other week for seven years. Whoa. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. So he's just, I mean, he's inspiring. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So I'm going to, I'm going to take a moment and shit on the, uh, the insurance industry. <laughs> oh my God. You had an issue. I remember 
three or four years ago, you had an issue where the insurance was ready to cut you guys off. Oh, yeah. yeah. And well, you fought. What they did is they didn't want to cover his chemo mm-hmm. at all. Like, they they rejected it. Yep. And this is when we found out that uh, chemo needed to be done. Mm. And for those of us with NF2, this particular chemo is what is that things are changing. There's some other stuff going on out there right now. But in regards to seven years ago, uh, Avastin, this immunotherapy, was the only thing that was um, really good at treating, and people were responding. You know, some weren't, but a lot were. Yeah. And so we actually had to go and say, okay, here, this is what we need. And they're like, no, this is really expensive and there's no reason we don't cover this. Wow. Um, so the, were they considering it like a, um, what do they call that? A, um, like, um, oh gosh, a selective surgery or something like that. Some kind of selective thing where you, you don't really need it, but you want it kind of thing. Um, I don't know that, I, I don't really remember. Uh, I remember them saying it's not a covered benefit. I remember them like touting that over and over and that's when i was like oh heck no yeah uh mama is coming out and you're gonna cover this and so i started doing my research and i really wish i could remember this guy's name he was over at chris lopez's school okay um yeah he so he reached out to me um when i was because i started sharing i'm like listen i remember that how do i you know what do i do because i need my son needs us does anybody know what i can do with insurance yep and this guy reached out and he said, I know insurance like the back of my hand, wow. or his job or whatever it was. It's another jujitsu. Yes. Yes. <laughs> we go from trailers to chemotherapy, baby. Right. That's I awesome. Mean, I can like, seriously, I, I could never leave jujitsu no. because it would just take away no. my cost too much. <laughs> That's cost it. Too much. Oh my gosh. Like all yeah. the things that have yeah. been um, so, so good about it. But he reached out and he's like, I'm going to, you know, I want to help you send me your um, insurance information. Let Whoa. me look at the, at the contract. Let me look at things. And so he, he came back and he said, well, you've got to prove the necessity of this here. He gave me a couple of loopholes. Mm-hmm. He said, there's where you can get it approved. Mm. Um, you have to prove the medical necessity for this. And it's got to be through a very, um, reliable professional medical source and so i was like okay so then i started doing some research at um with my husband's insurance which is amazing yeah costco insurance amazing yeah and they had a service called grand rounds and i started working with these people what they do is they help you find the like the best in the field uh, with whatever your disorder or disease is. Whoa. And they help get you a medical expert opinion on care. And it's all covered, like within the, you know, benefits of Costco. That's amazing. It is. It is because um, I was like, wow, okay. So I sent them all, like, we had to get all the medical records to them. And they go and ultimately find this doctor in Boston who is now one of the top doctors uh, for our disorder. And they got him to write out a medical opinion stating that this was it for Damien. I mean, this is like you, this is medical necessity. Yeah. And after that, it was, it was a lot, it was a deal changer. Yeah. And, like I became so close to Grand Rounds people that they ended up sending me flowers uh. <laughs> because they knew that. And then ultimately, the story went into Forbes magazine. 
Whoa, uh, your yeah. story? Yeah, uh, with Grand Rounds. Wow, okay. Yeah, because um, part of my, they did an article about how they're helping people. Yes. Like, fight and try to deal with these medical opinions. And, yeah. Um, so I, I get to share my story in Forbes about how I fought and Grand Rounds helped me to change that. Oh, yeah, that's so, it, so cool. Yeah. I don't feel bad about spending all my damn money at Costco no more. Oh, no. I spent <laughs> a lot of freaking money at Costco. I know. I always tell Paul, I'm like, listen, you are uh, like, and what they paid out, it, I'm like, you are you make millions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. And he even doesn't get millions. But yeah. I, with what they paid out yeah. um, on this particular uh, treatment, it's astronomical. Yeah. And it's just, it's really like people along the way. Like they get put into your life that yeah. guide you in the right direction as long as you're willing to look, right? Yeah, absolutely. And that's just another, like, I, I say this almost every podcast be part of a community. Yeah. Be part of, I don't care what community it could be. What was the Amish furniture? Amish furniture community. <laughs> I'm sure they yeah. look out for each other, right? Exactly. CrossFit, uh, Jiu Jitsu. Yeah. I, I always say, you know, Jiu Jitsu community always rallies. Yes. Yes. I think that's awesome. Because we, you know, as a, uh, as a school, you know, having gone through what we've gone through, <clears throat> excuse me, we have used that platform to try to do for others. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, like having uh, open mats mm -hmm. and trying to raise money for other people mm -hmm. and to kind of support them because we know what hardship it is when you're hurting and you're struggling. Yeah. And so that's like, that's, and, and you know what? I'm so grateful for the people. We just uh, a girl that's been visiting the school. Um, she recently came up and she was like, "What you guys have here is amazing." Yeah, and I've heard that a lot. And it's not because Paul and I are these great people. It is such an honor to be given the opportunity. I use the word serve mm. because that is what we do. What yeah. we do is not. Um, we're not. <clears throat> bringing in the big bucks and like going for you yeah, know like big vacations in the south of France, <laughs> right, and, like roll, yeah. get at the rolls outdoor. You yeah. know, we, <laughs> we are you you know yeah to do this, your heart has to be in it. It has to be like it has to be, or you just don't do it anymore. Right, you know it can't be. It now it it, it is a business, right? Yeah, it is course. a business. You got a business to run, to run it. but it can't just be a business. Yeah. If your heart is not in it, yeah. get out. Yeah, absolutely. Get out because you're just you're not you're doing people a disservice. Yeah, for sure. Right. Right. Um, if, if your heart is like, let someone else do it, someone else can open and close and, you know, someone else can clean the place, someone else can teach, someone else can do this yeah. and I'm going to back away and I'm going to be a business person. Right. Close your doors. Yeah. Close yeah. your doors. For sure. Because yeah. it's like, you're just going to hate what you do. Um, I think you have to go in with the purpose, uh, especially with people. Cause I, I was telling you when I sent you information, like, there's been times where I'm like, oh my gosh, I have so many platforms and I don't know which one to choose. <laughs> yeah. But I didn't have to choose because honestly, everything I've been through um, is something that has helped me to relate to the people that walk in our doors. Yeah. Yeah. And they are like carrying me. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're carrying Paul. Yeah. Like all of you, all of you guys like have been such a part of our lives. That, yeah. Oh my gosh. I can't imagine. I can't imagine life without it. Yeah. So, um, Another, I don't want to say one thing. Another thing that I love about Paul is his humility is not phony. No. He's a humble dude. Yeah. He's a humble dude. And, and like, in a lot of people's eyes, Paul is Superman. Yeah. 
but he's not in his. He's not. He knows his flaws. He knows his, his, I don't want to call it weaknesses, but he knows his, he knows what he needs from us. Yeah. And I remember the first time I was telling Paul, I was like, you don't understand, dude. Like you have transformed my life. When I say that I grew up in that academy, I grew up in that academy. It peeled me open and showed me who I was. It really did. And, you know, he'll say something like, man, I really needed to hear that. And this is Superman saying that. You know what I mean? This is like, I admire him very much. Like, this is literally Superman saying, I really needed to hear that. And I'm like, okay, he's... He's just a guy. He's just a guy. He's yeah. like, and he, he, and he has his insecurities and he has his fears and he has yeah. all this stuff and he's not afraid to show them. Yeah. That's what makes him special. Yeah. And that's why everybody loves him. That drives me crazy about you. Everybody <laughs> loves you. It is true. Yeah. Yes. Because he's, he's like, he'll joke about his struggles. Yeah. Like, he'll joke about it, but he'll talk about it and he, you could tell that he's not going to be absorbed into it. Like yeah. he, he tries, he's. Like, yeah, I yeah. don't know how he does it. Me either. Because I just like today when he walks in the door, you know, because he's, he works uh, Costco for our benefits. Yeah. Um, he just walked in so beat and so tired and he just keeps giving. And I know that at some point there's got to be um, some changes in his yeah, life. Of course. That giving is not as yeah, intense. Of course. But uh, he's like, he, he's going to ride that wave until he can't <laughs> anymore. Yeah. And he, he's a strong guy, but I mean, yeah, he, I, I would like to, I would like to see him sleep more. Uh, yeah. No yeah, kidding. I want to see him sleep more. For sure. But I've been, I've been, I've been a reason he's lost sleep. So I, <laughs> I do apologize for that. But, uh, but yeah, so, um, so we were talking about, uh, so Damien going through chemo yes. every other week. Yes. But um, it seems like, I don't want to say Allie is unscathed because she's had her, her issues as well, but it'd been different than Damien's, right? Yeah. Um, so with our disease, these tumors grow typically really slow. And so the things can seem really peaceful and quiet for a while. That is the norm for a lot of us, um, for me especially. Most mm. people don't know, like, all of the things about my physical health. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but... Allie had, she had radiation, uh, it's been about three years now, mm-hmm. and um, it slowed the growth of that tumor. Now, we okay. just had an MRI for her, and we're seeing growth. Mm. Um, the side that there wasn't anything, now we have. Is it on the ear? The, 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 both ears. Both ears, okay. Yes, yeah, so... Um, there is going to be a time <coughs> where we have to decide what to do. And we did, you know, meeting with our specialist, he talked about her doing the immunotherapy as well. Mm. Um, so. How does she feel about that? Not good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's a, she, uh, she hates needles. <laughs> so I know that's probably minor compared to brain tumors, but, yeah. Yeah. you know, that's kind of where her focus is. Yeah. Like, yeah. I hate that. And, but she has grown a lot. She's working through um, dealing with this constant unknown, mm-hmm. you know, of what is ahead. Yeah. Um, they are so positive. My dad made it a point of <laughs> everything we went through. Like, when my brother or my mom or, like, when we were going through MRIs and surgeries, he would make the most ridiculous jokes. And we were like, we, we would just look at him like, 
I don't know, Dad. <laughs> but ultimately, it like became such a part of our lives that I would. I remember my dad driving me to a, the hospital, like an emergency, because I was I had just had surgery. I had stitches all on my head. I was vomiting and wow. and like uh, stuff leaking out of my head. And he's driving me to San Francisco back to the hospital. And he's like, you know, making jokes and stuff. And it's like <laughs> nobody knows. Like that if they're on the outside, they're like, well, this is one twisted family. But you know, that was our that was our therapy. Yeah. That's how we dealt with it. Yeah. And so. I've been that way with my kids, like all through this journey. Yeah. So there's never been this element of we're just going to be in pain and we're going to suffer and we're going to just be hurt. Miserable, right? They're not going to do that. No. Yeah. No, because, because first of all, I learned how precious life is. Yeah. And secondly, I'm like, I have, I, as a parent, my obligation is to bring as much joy into their life as I can. And um, that's just how I want to live my life in general. Yeah. So I will always have to take my my pain and and work some some jokes. Yeah. Into all of that. Yeah. So. Some gratitude helps. Yeah. Gratitude always helps. For yeah. Sure. Yeah. Definitely. You know, I I always um I, I've been trying to start my day with uh with just gratitude, yeah. because I really believe that your your you call it God the universe whatever you believe in um will show you reasons to be grateful. Yeah. And if you start your day with all oh, this sucks. God, the re- the universe, whatever, will show you reasons why it sucks, right? Yeah. So I try to find just things, you know what I mean? Yeah. Just things to be grateful for in the morning, and then yeah. it just seems like my day just goes better. Yeah. So a good joke when you're seeping stuff from your head, oh my God. that'll help. For sure. That'll help, right? We were jo- yeah, we were joking all the way up <clears throat> into because ultimately they thought I had spinal meningitis. Mm. So I was in the ER, like I was literally in the most pain I've been in in my life. And I felt like I was dying. Like they had a giant needle in my spine. And I I think that was the most suffering I've ever been in. I was just on my side and I was crying and and my dad was praying by my feet because that's how bad it was. We just had no idea. And then five minutes later, we're, I think we were up in my hospital room and they were stapling my head and, you know, making jokes and we're like, just like <laughs> it's like, it's just such a, you know, cycle of, yeah. of struggle and laughter and, you know, just growing. Yeah. So, so is, has that always been your dad's way of dealing with things? Just joking on oh, stuff? Yeah. 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 My dad, like, seriously, my hero in life. Aww. There is nobody like him. Aww. He has been the glue, but... Just, I, I always tell people, I'm like, one day I'm going to get to heaven and I'm going to find out that he was just an angel on earth because yeah. he's just amazing. That's awesome. Like, that's, yeah. That's so me. cool. So, um, so another thing that I want to talk about is how you deal with your health. Yeah. So when, when you and I first met, uh, you weren't the strength coach at the, at the academy yet. Um, and then you just became this monster like you became like an athletic beast i mean you you really got into health fitness uh nutrition and you started dealing with your physical health because of the nf2 right i mean you started kind of taking tell me about that process like did you start thinking like well maybe if i kept myself in better shape well maybe if i diet better maybe if i hydrate better was it what is a was it a gradual thing or was it just something you decided one day this is what i'm going to do i would say there's there was some gradual to it mm. in the sense that um, I, Paul was opening our business for the very beginning mm-hmm. and they were doing demoing and they were getting it going. And I was like going through a severe depression. Mm. I mean, it was clinical. I was, um, I was numb 
Um, wow. It was so bad that I couldn't taste food anymore, so it tasted like dirt. Um, I, I mean, everything was dulled. My, all my hormones were just, like, shot. Wow. So I was barely moving. And um, that was when Damien was diagnosed. Gotcha. Uh, and Allie was diagnosed. Yeah. So I just kind of gave up. Um, and when he um, lost my train of thought. That's okay. That's okay. We're talking about opening the academy. Yes. Yeah. Clinical so, depression. Yeah. So he um, basically, I was just, I wasn't doing anything. And he, he, thankfully, he had a lot of people helping him. But I remember when they opened the school, um, Jenny Larson, she was uh, running our strength and conditioning program. Yep. She did for a while until she went into business yep. uh, for what she was doing with physical therapy. But she was like, you got to come. Come do the class. And I was like, um, I don't know. I, I don't really. It's just not in me. Yeah. I, first of all, I was like, I'm not not fit. I got to get fit. I got to get fit to go get fit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I was like, I got to, you know, I was just like, no, thank you. <laughs> and she's like, just go. And I said, fine, I'll go. I said, but I don't really know if I can talk. And that sounds weird, but I just couldn't, I didn't want to talk to anybody. I said, but I'll show up and I'll move. And it was from that point on that my life started to change because once I started to get um, physical activity in my life, a lot of my, the hormone issues started to kind of revive again and everything mm. started to kind of find its place and the stress started, the depression started to change. Wow. I did. I was taking medication as mm -hmm, well. Mm -hmm. um, so that was uh, a part of the package of changing. Yep. Um, <clears throat> but I was like, I I was doing so good. So then we moved into our space next door. Yep. And Jenny, that was about the time when she did teaching there, but then she had to go open her business. Yeah. yeah. And Paul was like, you need to take over. <laughs> <laughs> the strength and conditioning program and I'm it, like it sounds voluntary doesn't it it did it sounds familiar too, yeah sure. it sounds yeah. familiar yeah yeah, yeah. So I'm like okay wow well, we're gonna do that <laughs> and so it was like okay all right so I really started to teach myself because I didn't have anybody uh I mean obviously my inspiration was Jenny because yeah. she was giving you know she worked with us and yeah. I knew what to but I started researching and like determining what was going to be the my best approach yep. to um, training, um, being healthier, and to offering something that was supporting others. Yeah. And so ultimately, I I really fell in love with hit workout because it's on it's more of a you know a a, a intense type workout mm -hmm. in a smaller amount of time. Yeah, doesn't take all day. Right. Yeah. And so I just, I loved it. And so I started um, learning more about that and then just doing that myself. And in the process, like uh, my biggest issue is balance mm. because my balance nerves were severed. Yep. Um, you can reteach your body balance. Okay. So I did start to do things and instead of being embarrassed that I was lunch jumping into the wall. I was, <laughs> I started to own it. I was yeah. like, all right, okay. Yeah. I'm going to, you know, maybe one last time I'm going to fall on my face today, you know, yeah. or do, I'm going to start doing stuff afraid. I'm yeah. going to start doing stuff embarrassed. Now, um, was that, was that part of your personality to getting out of your comfort zone that way? Um, part of it. Part of it. But it was also a big pill to swallow. Yeah. Because yeah. I didn't want to be a leader and fall. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, you know, that's a scary thing. It is. Yeah, it is. But I ultimately learned that the best leaders are the ones that do fall and, yeah. and own it. Yeah. So yeah. 
I um, started to uh, I started to do that. I just started to live through everything, laugh with everybody. Yeah, and um, it really started changing my physical health and the way I felt overall. Um, and so that I mean, it has been such an amazing journey. That was like seven years ago. Seven years, yeah. When I started that, yeah. and um, now. It's hard because um, so the the tumors that are in my arms and my hands and my wrist are actually really starting to um, get angry because yeah. <laughs> they're getting big. Yeah, and so they're invading my nerves. So I'm actually losing function oh, wow. uh, in my hands. Uh, my I'll wake up at night, like in the morning, and I have to walk around. And I have to shake my arms and do a lot of arm stuff to get uh, feeling back. And then randomly now, I will my fingertips go numb. So is it affecting blood flow? It is. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. So okay. Um, it's causing uh, excuse me, it's causing things to harden. However, I will say. What has been so amazing is that the movement, the blood flow is keeping them from doing what they want to do, yeah. um, slowing it down. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I'm, it's not stop me. I'm like, I added, <laughs> you know, I was doing hit training. I, I started jujitsu two years ago and yeah. then I added bar three, uh, six days a week. What's so bar three? Bar three is, um, so it's like cardio and Pilates and it's like, oh, a, okay. it's a, it's a, I train there with a bunch of women. It oh, it's is, the name of a place. It's the name of the place. Oh. Bar three. There's like different bar uh, type of um, programs. Okay. Stuff, but bar three is what it's called. Yeah. Amazing people and lots of balance stuff, which is great because I'm in there trying to do stuff and feeling ridiculous. But, <laughs> but I, I'm like now I'm 48 and yeah. I'm literally, I train six days a week. Wow. Multiple classes a day. Yeah. And I'm like, this is great. This is the best. Wild. Yeah. So. Yeah. So you didn't have enough stuff going on in your life. You added bar three. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I was like, what else can we do? Yeah. <laughs> I'm bored. I've yeah. got 30 seconds right. in my day. So what can I do? <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. So, um, so you've been dealing, it has, how, okay. So was that something that maybe, did a doctor ever tell you like, hey, diet and nutrition can help with, with the, with the <clears throat> symptoms? You know, surprisingly, no. Mm. Matter of fact, when I went to the study in Maryland, they kind of looked at me like a, um, like a, what do you call it? A lab rat. Because they're like, why are you, like, you're really doing awfully well for somebody with. That you shouldn't. Know. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. they're like, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> and the, and I told them and they're like, just keep doing keep it. Doing because it. for like, honestly, I was um, in 2023, I had brain tumors removed in uh, 93 and 94 and in, um, I think it was close to the 2000, early 2000s, they grew back. You were a teenager when this, yeah. Yeah. oh, yeah. okay. Like I was, I was. You were a kid. I was. Um, Damien's age, yeah. basically, wow. And I was uh, involved, I was already accepted into the, my, the university I got in my dorm. I was going, my life was getting ready to move forward and I had to stop and give Whoa. it up. Because I had to spend two years like with recovering and surgeries and. So, um, but I was like, um, like I lost my train of thought again. No, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> that was my fault. That was my fault. No, it's just, it's, uh, Sorry. Yeah. We were, oh, the, the, uh, the, the treating the symptoms with, uh, with, uh, with, uh, diet and exercise. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So <clears throat> anyway, I, um, 
you know, ultimately they were just like, wow, you know, what you're doing is good. Keep doing it. And I, you know, I've been on that path yeah. ever since. Isn't that wild? Like uh, Western medicine where they're like chemotherapy, you know, uh, pills, you know, whatever hospital treatments. And then they look at you like, are you we're exercising? Like, <laughs> That's so weird. What's wrong with you? (laughs) I know. And it's so hard because people like think um, that you're just like that person. They're like, oh, you're just a fit freak. And you just, and I'm not. The thing is people don't understand. Like I didn't like become some mega fit person. I didn't like have, I did everything on my own. Yeah. Like I legit did it on my own. Yeah. I, I am not. Uh, it's hard to motivate yourself when you're hurting, yeah. when you're suffering. Yeah. Um, it's super hard. So I had to walk into that space. I can't even tell you how many times I would be in the school before class mopping and cleaning, and I would be sobbing because those were years where the kids were um, facing surgeries and um, we were going to the study, and there was so many diagnoses that there was just so much pain Um but what that taught me, walking in those doors, mopping my mats, cleaning the toilets, mm. um, and getting out there and working out and doing it with pain inside of me, taught me that we are capable of so much more that we just have to sometimes, like my favorite saying is, do it afraid. Mm. just have to do it afraid and trust that the other side is so much greater yeah. because there will be another side. Yeah. And then... A, a quote I posted the other day, it just it's like, I have survived all my bad days this far. Yeah. I am undefeated. Yeah. You know, yeah. and it's like, it's true. You have to remind yourself that. Yeah. Like, you have to remind yourself what you've survived. Yeah. And I think, I think that um, that mental toughness is such BS because yeah. we're all scared. We're all scared and we're all tired. And, you know, I, I always use the analogy of being at an open mat. And you're like, you see this gorilla across the way that doesn't have a training partner. And you're like, okay, <laughs> I'm going to look as confident as I can. Right. <laughs> like, oh, sure. But, but, but that big gorilla is, is on the other side of that big gorilla is a lot of confidence, right? Yeah. There's a lot of, there's a lot of like, Hey, I can do this, man. Like yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm okay. Yeah. I'm okay. Right. And, and I love the, would you say do it scared? Do it afraid. Do it afraid. Yeah. I love it. Do it afraid, man. Yeah. That's that's a t-shirt waiting to happen because a lot of people have this fear. Like, okay, forget fear. Uh-huh. You had every excuse not to train today. Yeah. Hey, right. man, my hand hurts. My yes. arms. I'm sorry. I, I'm not yeah. doing it today. But you didn't. You, yes. you got in there and you did it, right? Yeah. I know people who like will have sore grips and they won't train the next day. Oh, man, my hands. You know, my oh, hands. Oh, my gosh. Bro. Come on now. For real. I know, pe- <laughs> I know people that like have cancer yeah. and they're in there training yeah. Um, yeah. and they're doing like, like, and I don't get me wrong. I'm here. Like I'll be there to encourage you. I'm not like, I, but again, that, you know, certain things are just not things mm. to give up and, and nothing's a reason to give up. But yeah. you, you've got some minor issues, but yeah. you've got some people out there that are fighting the yeah. real battles yep. and those are the ones that I, I'm, I'm hoping to really encourage, yeah. uh, you know, in this process, I, I, I want to encourage everybody, but yeah. my heart is for, um, especially the community of people that I've gotten to know with my disorder. Um, I, I'm inspired by their stories every day. Yeah. Like I, I've watched some of them pass away and yeah. I try to remember their, their life 
as I'm out there moving. I try to remember the the encouragement and the joy they brought into my life and do everything. Everything needs to be purposeful in the way you live and move and you you need to honor that you're alive mm. and that you can breathe and whatever function you have, live it to the fullest because yeah. this is your one chance. This is it. This is it. This is not a dress rehearsal, not a dress rehearsal, right? And 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 honestly like uh and your next breath isn't guaranteed. No. It's just it's just the way it is. Um but I think that that you know, you 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 show a lot of courage every single day and i think like when you show those levels of courage people think that you've always been that way yes. like that's oh that's just leslie you know what i mean yes. but it's a muscle that you've exercised i think that's right very you know it's very um that's very true i didn't think about it like that because yeah. it, it um there's times where i don't you know i just wanted to hide and i did you know everything has had like it's like climbing a mountain yeah like you have so many hurdles yeah to get to where you are ultimately going to find more purpose mm -hmm. in a path that is easier to walk yeah and so you have to go through all that other stuff and the ugly and the yeah. things to get like on a more purposeful path yeah and 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 like climbing a mountain <clears throat> i like to use this analogy sometimes have you ever heard of a false summit you ever heard that term I think I have. Okay, I've so watched some of those so, so documentaries. A, yeah. I believe I know it. So a false summit is where somebody's going through those hurdles and they're walking and they're walking and they can they think the top of the mountain is right there. And right. then they get to it and it's just a view to the real top of the mountain. They oh, gotta go down no. and all the way back up. <laughs> but that's just life. Yeah. That's just life. That's every day, man. It is. And you gotta you gotta be able to handle that false summit and think it like, is. I'm just gonna put one foot in front of the other until I get to the top. It is. Yeah. It yeah. Is. Yeah. So um Leslie, I want to thank you for doing this. It's been an hour and 10, by the way. Oh. <laughs> it went by pretty quick. Whoops. Yeah, no, no, this is great. This is great. Um, so for those of you, uh, for those people that don't know how to uh, maybe support the cause and, and, and maybe look into what NF2 is and what people are going through, how can they find out more? How can they find more information on that? So <clears throat> one of the largest um, organizations that is a really great resource is Children's Tumor Foundation. Um, Children's Tumor Foundation sounds broad. Mm. You know, it sounds like, oh, children with tumors. Well, mm. it actually is a foundation that is hard at work at trying to understand uh, neurofibromatosis and the different neurofibromatosis. Um, there's uh, NF1, NF2, the schwannomatosis. And um, so there's, they're really working hard to uh, raise funds to um, help them to find treatments and they're actively fi like finding things and and bringing those to the forefront to mm. help those of us not just kids it's, yeah you know for kids and adults and yeah um their research is amazing so children's tumor foundation dot i think ctf.org is a really the one i would say go to okay. for that type of information yeah and it's the it's the questions are answered and Get all you need. Okay. And if somebody were to um, want to get in shape and be the next Leslie Nava, <laughs> how do they find you? How do they find you? Uh, so, um, well, I'm at Aries AZ BJJ. Mm -hmm. um, my Instagram is fit it fit it fitit. <laughs> oh my lord! I have to spell my <laughs> fititude for life. Yep. Um. So it's fit. 
Bitter tooth. Everybody, everybody forgets that one. That's okay. Oh, gosh, that's yeah. okay. Bitter for life, and um, that's where I actually share my journey um, about just fitness, being a special needs mom, living with this disease, and just kind of how that makes me move forward. Okay, cool, cool, and. Um, so one last thing, can you tell everybody what time your class is? This is Arizona time. Yes. At Aries, Arizona BJJ off of Alma School in the 60s. Yes. And you have a, a high intensity uh, training class. Yes. At what time? It's So I do Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday. Monday, Wednesday, Friday is 9 to 10. Saturday is from 8 to 9. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. So everybody, I've done this class one time for a reason. So uh, <laughs> I don't have the courage to come back, but uh, Leslie, you run an amazing program over there. Congratulations to you and Paul for all your success. Um, you guys are changing lives. You changed my life. So you're, you're a big part of that as well. So I really appreciate you. All right, everybody, if you love the podcast, please like and subscribe. Please follow us on Instagram. Send us a, uh, give us a, a um, what do they call it? A um, review. Give us a review on uh, Spotify and all the apples and, and YouTube and leave a comment. If you have any questions for Leslie, please leave a comment. I'll make sure she gets them. Leslie, thank you so much for doing this. Thank you for having me. Of course.